0: Hello and welcome into the Fog.net podcast. My name is Michael Swain, the Kansas beat writer for 24-7 sports. Really, really excited about the podcast episode we have coming your way today. I sat down with KU football head coach Lance Leipold for an extensive interview to talk about all things KU football. Covered a lot of topics ranging from KU's off-season program, the way they're establishing their culture as they head into year three under Leipold. The transfer portal, how KU's approach to the transfer portal has changed over their first three years, spring practice, what Leipold is looking for from KU during spring practice, and even hit on some scholarship number questions and the Anderson family football complex renovations as well. So hopefully you enjoy it and hopefully you find it as a, maybe a peek behind the curtain of what's been going on with KU football over the last 60 days or so. Fair warning, we did record this in his office on Wednesday afternoon, so the audio quality maybe is not the best as if we had done in a podcast studio, so to speak, but hopefully you you find the interview informational, and and Kevin Flaherty and I will be back with a spring practice preview podcast next week. So without further ado, here's the interview. Hope you enjoy. I really want want to have one question about last season because I want to look a lot more forward, but I remember... You were now outfield house, I think, with the Liberty Bowl people back in December when you talked to the fans and something you said was, you know, we're ahead of schedule as a program. And I think you've said it in since. When you took the job, you looked at the end of year
1: two. Where did you think you guys would just be as a, as a program at that point? That's hard to say. And that's, you know, schedule is kind of a, you know, I, I think that probably when I make those statements, it's probably more related to what most outside the people program Mm. look at and that's wins and losses probably you know progression of where we're at as far as um you know adapting the culture systems schematics all of that i thought we were progressing in a good way but um you know everybody looks at the schedule when it comes out and okay which games you know do you see are the more winnable ones than others so i think a lot of people do that and, and i don't know which one i i thought that the schedule was favorable for us to have a chance to be highly competitive the way we ended the first season, you know, the 21 season, and 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 then transitioning into this. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're you know, I've gone in every game, no matter what so-called odds maker would say. Say we're going to find a way to, to, to get it in the right direction. So I don't want to go that way, but I, um, I just think when you talk bowl eligibility, mm-hmm. okay, and and where it was at, you know, you. You know, maybe it's just as simple as you win two, you win four, you win six, maybe, or something like that. Or, you know, it's two, you know, two, three, four, six, and and those type of ways. So that's the way I think it was. You know, uh, um, obviously, the, the back half of the season, record-wise, wasn't exactly. You know, we took a couple hits with some big injuries, I thought, that kind of, you know, had us regrouping. But... Uh, all in all, I, I, I thought that's what I meant probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And so this off season, then,
0: I think I've heard Coach Gildersleeve say that complacency is a big thing, you know, trying to make sure that doesn't set in. So, in terms of his role overall with the program, I guess how big is he? Because obviously he spends a lot of time with the guys when you guys can't on the field. So, how important is he in establishing kind of the culture yeah, you have? Matt,
1: of- Matt is so important in so many different ways. And- and, and when you have strength, the, the, the thing about Matt was kind of backtracking is Matt was my fifth, our fifth strength coach at Buffalo that we had in six years. And it, and it was by, you know, just obvious. you know, when you come from the Division Three level, you don't really have a strength coach and you retain somebody, but then they decided to move on. Another one got a job outside of football working for the government in in Rome, you know, who, who admittedly wasn't said he wasn't ready and then and then you hire one that things go real well and you know a lot of times like a lot of things happen at the group of five level. They get a better opportunity with better pay. And then, then we then we were able we to get Matt and then and then sustain and bring him here. Mm-hmm. But he's so important obviously with developing the program and that's uh, you know developing our players and, you know, and bigger and faster. And, and, but he holistically, he is the best I've been with. Um, you know, he's, he, you know, he's knowledgeable and certified in the nutrition area. He's got this but he also really embraces the culture piece and, and, and for him to kind of take a lot of that and, and run with it, so to speak, when we're on the road and what he's doing and how he integrates it with other things that we're doing It's not just words on a wall or on a t-shirt and things like that. And we've been able to do the things that we have because of that. And a lot of that is is because of his efforts. And I think some of those things that have allowed us is that our players have now understood and embraced the fact that when we talk about daily improvements and the little things of what really a process is, it's foundational. It's roots. it's, It's those things. It's not everything that you know, that some people measure, again, on game day or, or uh, a 40 or a bench test. There's other components to it. And some of the things that we've done really well is, you know, some of the things off the field, how well we've, we've been doing in the classroom, our community service give backs, and things that are well-rounding us that our guys are knowing that it's helping them feel better and more confident, but also it helps a lot of different areas as well. And so obviously you haven't been on the practice field with them
0: since before the Liberty Bowl, and they got back I think kind of mid January. So between kind of mid January and the start of spring ball, like what exactly does that look like for Coach Gildersleeve and the players? Yeah, there's
1: you know they're they're at it in some capacity uh, five days a week. Um, you know there's four days of lifting. Um, there's uh you know part of our. Friday more intense day and in with they're all together on Wednesdays and then we do some of our culture building, team building stuff. There's uh, there's three different lift times, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We are allowed by rule that we can go out and do some technique work with our players, so we have got a little of that. Um, some has been in segmented groups um, a couple times as a whole team. So. Um, but as we approach spring, I, I think what we're really going to see is where we at, where we're at. Much like last year, a and confidence and, and personal mm-hmm. development as the roster slowly changes mm-hmm. when, when you lose people. But but again, as uh, you, you hope the confidence, but not the overconfidence. That's yet because uh, you know we've got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Yet. So hopefully, we'll see some of that. And and by what you watched is. Uh, new leaders emerge, our our returning leaders continue working on that. And and I think what will hopefully happen because of guys now that have plenty of experience have had some success at the Big 12 level, that their personal confidence A, elevates their game, but then that confidence that they had from last year allows them to bring others along. And that's kind of where we're progressing to being the player-led program we'd like to be.
0: Yeah, and obviously guys like Rich are back. Mike, who are some of the other guys that you've seen emerge slowly kind of in this period as leaders well, at least?
1: Well, you know, uh, there's, like, there's, uh, you know, we've kind of modified some of the ways. That, you know, I did Mason Fairchild, Jared Casey, you know, Devin Neal's been very, very good in this role. Jalen Daniels obviously continues to be one of those. Jason Bean, uh, you know, in his decision to return to the program, Um, as I've been saying now since August about how he has continued to get better and do things now, it's almost been like another huge step for him and change, and that is his vocal leadership and confidence is better than it's ever been before. Um, You know, Jeremy Robinson is one that now, after a couple years and having some success, he sees, um, you know, the need for him and the, and he has that desire to want to be that type of guy. Taiwan Barry Hill's working on those things. Um, Rome, Romello Dotson is one that is, has, uh, kind of been put in some of those. Um, Kalen Gervin's been one that's always been, been very solid in that. quick Lassiter has been outstanding. And of course, uh, you know we know enough about the Lassiter family. And as you can see, some of these guys don't start. And that's the other thing is we tell guys, you don't, it's, leadership isn't based on starting or what your stat line says you can be a leader in so many ways Um, Bryce Cable Duke is becoming one because now he's got two years of starting under his belt so that's what's really neat and I think so many times we we lose sight of um, embracing watching guys come in as young men and lead as as older more mature men. I'll hit on that in in a minute Um,
0: Something you talked about during signing day was kind of the culture groups mm-hmm. you guys do what exactly I guess does that look like and how do you feel like that helps bring either you, you guys along?
1: Everything. <laughs> now uh, you know we draft teams okay and, and to be a leader in our program you need to apply and, and coach sleeve and with a little assistance from myself and others but he again there's a lot because of the timing of that when we're gone but and and how that that works and and our players are still voting but there's some other things that you know know, the old days you you know the coach picks the captains and some guys don't want to be and you know being a captain's more than going out for the coin toss and saying you know we'll defer or defend this goal and um so we want to make sure there's we you know he's created some leadership classes totally voluntary and he was so happy to see you know, over 50 guys show up, you know, and things like that. But once we we decide, uh, you know, how many leaders we're going to have in our leadership group, or leadership council, this year we went with two two leaders per team. And uh, so there's a little bit more of a buddy system in trying to, because our numbers are really high right now for spring, because, again, that's an attribute to, you know, maintaining a roster and our players being there. So... We went that route, but we'll, we'll draft, and we'll, you know, we'll spend to we'll go by skill positions, okay, and quarterbacks and receivers and running backs and DBs, mm-hmm. and then you might go big skill. That might be more your tight ends and linebackers, and, and then there'll be line, so they'll, they'll pick the area of the three groups, and then everybody drafts off of that, right? gotcha. and that's their team, and, mm-hmm. and now with that team, there's there's punctuality things, there's extra credit type things, there's, there's so many different things that go with it, and we keep track all the way up. Well, it actually ended today for the for this part for the first six weeks. And winning team gets an award and usually some swag gear or something, and it's pretty cool. And they get excited, and, and then we'll do it again. And uh, sometimes we keep the team for a little bit longer, or we'll start a new set of point system um, or something, and then we'll redraft at other times. And and again, it's competitive, but yet it's more about getting everybody on the same page. Yeah.
0: Obviously, last year you guys brought in double-digit transfers mid-year. Mm-hmm. You do the same this year at important positions. Anything you let guys learned from last year in terms of integrating those guys, whether it be into the culture, or getting them yeah. where they feel comfortable. I
1: think, yeah, I, I again, whether they're young or old, recruiting is going to be recruiting. There's going to be there's you know to me I, I used to say way back when I was an assistant I always said you you can split your class up into three mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, some guys are going to be what you thought they're going to be. Some are going to probably show, you know, don't pan out to be exactly what you really thought you were hoping to get. And then there's going to be a group there that are going to surprise you above and beyond what you thought their capabilities were. Now, wherever that is, you know, does that mean that you thought a guy was going to start and he ends up being an All-American or a player at the next level or or uh, the guy that you thought would and never, never sees the field? Mm. Um, I think the same can kind of sometimes be said in the portal. I, I think um, I think we've done a good job of screening. I think we'll continue to get better at screening. And what do I mean by that? It's, you know, things are happening really fast. You, you have to research a lot of things. And it's not just ability and background. It's what are they looking for as well? Because I think we had some players come here that thought they could come and they play at Kansas because it's 2-10 Kansas, 0-9 oh Kansas and I'll just see the field, I'll get mine, and I'll move on. Well, you know, if you remember last year at the beginning and throughout spring, we talked about a culture of competition. Well, that that played itself out very well, and players within the program really rose to the occasion. Kobe Bryant, Melo Dotson, OJ Burroughs, Taiwan Berryhill. Because you said we brought in double digits, but, you know, how many did we really start three yeah about that now they helped us that didn't mean that those were all busts and didn't work out but roles i mentioned karen gerbin and there's others i mean you know Doug and kai thomas contributed different types. we we've added depth and competition and different things along the way i don't think people thought dominic Pooney would have been as impactful why because he was at a division two school versus a guy that might have come from a Power 5 school. And that goes back to your other question about recruiting and where it all comes from. But what we found is that, A, we have to make sure that people are here for the right reasons. Okay? And they want to, now, everybody wants to have opportunities at the next level. But are they committed to helping the Kansas Jayhawks become the best program it mm-hmm. can be within the role given at that time? And and because of that is that when we raised that standard and they saw that, the path wasn't always as easy, and sometimes that gets um, dicey, I guess, so to speak. We want a group of guys that are competitive and want to play, but at the same time, embracing that, and, and again, as we went through it this time, there were there were probably uh, a little bit more that we've looked into during that screening process, and honestly, some that have come, we feel that, you know, weren't the fit and we and, and we we moved on to to another direction yeah in terms of
0: let's go to the timing of it i think after the Liberty boy it's in 60 days between the bowl game and i think the start of spring practice about there yeah mm-hmm. i looked and i think you guys start spring practice the you and houston are the earliest big 12 teams oh, are we right. yeah i guess you know, late February, why is that the time where you feel well, like yeah, it's a good time?
1: And we'll continue to look at that. Um, I, while we're at Buffalo, we moved it up once our indoor was built on campus. Um, it's very hard. Um, I think the calendar gets more difficult in a lot of different ways, between recruiting, taking care of your own players, post-season, or I say post-spring evaluation and meetings. I think we do a, a pretty thorough job of, of meeting and and the time that it takes, plus the coaches that have to get out for spring recruiting. So I've been more one that um, as we move to tie it up, um, I like spreading it out. As of now, that that, that that too will be evaluated moving forward. But I like the fact that we can get about six practices in, go to spring break. Somebody, if somebody gets injured, you know, and there's something, they might be able to make it back with that extra time off. If somebody's had a surgery or something, or has been out with a pull from this winter conditioning program, we might get them back. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of ways that that sometimes that can play out. Also, is there there can be guys that get some work done before spring break, and we can reduce their workload coming back, and uh, what where they call that in the NBA? Load management or something, so, you know, um, but. Uh, we can look at those things and and kind of monitor them, I guess. And that's kind of where the other thing, there's also been that there used to be you want to get an eight week training cycle. Well, this is the second school I've worked at in a row where I think we start on the later part of the second semester Mm -hmm. in more mid to late January. So that's really hard to do. We've also felt by moving this up that we can essentially kind of Springboard our summer program into a more intense time when they come back in June.
0: I really like you mentioned the load management part. Um, I guess for guys like, you know, Mike Meditsky or Rich Miller that have played a lot of snaps in the scheme, they know the defense, the offense. I guess what do you look for from them in springtime and, and what's kind of the goal for them compared to, yeah. you know, a, a Dre Warren or, or someone behind yeah, that's Yeah,
1: it, it's a balancing act because not only do you have to look at them, you have to look at um, the continuity and success that the offense is going because you got to leave with some confidence. You just can't – otherwise, you know, there's – you know, is, it, spring ball is not just for the guys who didn't get to play you know so you've got to try to work that and they might be working with newer guys the guys you threw up though uh you know those names that you kind of mentioned yeah you know rich has played a lot you know mike has played a lot of football yeah we we have to we we have to reduce some of their stuff you know some of that might be reduced and you know people don't always understand and this is the the new wave of doing things with gps units and things Mm -hmm. like that and kind of bring it back to matt gildersleeve High-volume, high-intensity is more an individual drill sometimes than it is because it's usually non-stop. We always think about 11-on-11 11 11 as being the most impactful straining. I was part of that about the collision part of things, but there's other things that we have to manage. So sometimes it's reducing some of the early part of practice, and there's some of things. But yes, I, I think there's going to be guys, Devin Neal's going to be one of those two years of high-volume. You know, he takes a toll towards the end of the year. You know, we've got to make sure we're smart in that direction. Um, you know, where Daniel Hyshaw will be this spring, is, you know, and hopefully we'll be able to get him some work in a good fashion, mm-hmm. waiting, you know, for, for that and a positive that we'll get there. So it, the nice thing is, though, is we're going we're to you know, probably see we're going to be well over 100 players mm-hmm. for spring, and this is going to be the most players I've ever been a part of for first, first spring practice, which will allow us to get a lot of work yeah. if we stay healthy. So on that note with numbers then
0: obviously scholarship numbers have been a big issue at Kansas for mm-hmm. well over a decade, I guess. For spring, I know obviously the numbers change with high school enrollees coming in and all that, but mm-hmm. I guess
1: are you on track to be at eighty-five for mm-hmm. the start of camp? Yes, we should be. Yep. And I you know, we were pretty good last year as well, but we also were awarded walk-ons with scholarships or you know, you know, we we're, we're able to do something for a year or a semester and we try to do that as well as we can because you know we're we're very proud of what our walk-ons have done and want to make sure we do a good job with them but yes uh heading into, this, in, into uh august uh, as of now we should be in, in really good shape um, and, and some of that may affect even what what we do in the portal in the next phase as well yeah. how, how active we can really be yeah
0: in terms of spring practice then is there any position group that you're interested in? Obviously, as a head coach, you have to be interested in everyone and all that. But is there a group that you're yeah. like, I'm going to no. see how these guys play out?
1: Well, I mean, to, you know, we we know we have to be better on defense, okay? There's, there's not any question. I think everyone knows from Brian Borland to every other assistant there, our, our defense, uh, the guys know we need to be better. So, again, working on that, tweaking things that we might do within the scheme, creating again competition and elevating again all the new players are you know we want to see what we're what we're going to have we lose a lot up front okay um now you can spin that a couple different ways if you really wanted to but uh you know i want to see the you know i want to see what we have at defensive end i want to see where we're going to be up front we did redshirt ron mcgee and and keenan caldwell as you know guys who had played some of the year before upperclassmen to kind of separate with, you know, with, uh, you know, Caleb and Sam and Eddie being seniors, so we made a decision which, which two we would try to redshirt and see and see where they're at. Devin Phillips is going to be another one. Gage Keys, you know, we got to see where, where that's going to shake out. I, I think it starts there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what Taiwan Berry Hill's future is if he keeps stacking things together. He's big. He can be physical. He runs really well. Um, you know, Craig Young, now that he had a year of playing time, you know, he knows he's he's got things he needs to work on as well. J.B. Brown, what is his addition, what program? Uh, you know, a guy who can run a, a, a physical uh, player. So all of that, um, you know, Kenny Logan will not go through spring. Martin Grant will be very limited, if at all. Um, and, and that's okay, because one thing is it's going to, it, it's going to allow O.J. Burroughs to b- become more vocal and O.J. is a good player he's played a lot of football for us last year he's got excellent ball skills uh, he has to continue to work on, on the physical end of things which he is but I also he has to become a little more vocal in, in, in getting things communicated mm-hmm. and this will allow him to do so without relying on a different veteran back there uh, Jalen Dye, Mason Ellis, K.O. Purdy that's gonna be another group that we have got to continue to evaluate uh, some younger players in this program. All of those things, hopefully, are gonna help us get better on special teams. And I talk back on offense, I have a guy like Dylan McDuffie, guy who's played some, in our system. He's played some special teams. We didn't get a lot of running back, um, I say production on, on, in special teams, meaning that could be front row, a kick return. Mm-hmm on the punt team, on the punt return team, we've got to have more of that for us to be better in special teams. So all of those things kind of stack together. And on the special teams note then, you know,
0: is that something you look for? Forward- you mentioned the vetting process. You mentioned Dylan being one you know can play special teams. Is that a point of emphasis then looking at someone like JB, for example? Like, can um, they play special teams? Yeah, a little bit.
1: You know, obviously we've got to take care of our needs. You know, Dylan's probably, yeah, a little bit more there because – um we knew Dylan knew our system. We knew that Dylan knew how we go about it and that was important for fit. That, um, but we also knew the style of back because you know with, with Devin and Daniel, I think we should have two guys that show they can be highly productive in the Big Twelve conference. So where's where's the other one? Well we have Sevion. so what, what was the other body type? that we were going to look for and what other ways. And, uh, and Dylan has been that third, you know, type back at least to start with us before, and he understands it. But the thing, the other part about Dylan is he's versatile, he's played in, in places like, uh, where Jared Casey has lined up and done some things. He has done those things for us. So he will be a versatile back that'll, that'll give us again, when we get creative, and Andy and, and, and the guys on offense start moving pieces around, he's another guy that fits that
0: as well as special teams. Yeah, and we talked about it during National Sign Day a little bit, but just the offensive line position. Okay. Yeah. How much do you feel like you guys have improved Maybe the size, physicality, ability to control the point of attack? Yeah, you know,
1: I think you mentioned the size. I think mean, when after bigger to bodies, I think mean, you can see that. Um, you know, the, the thing that probably, I don't want to say we missed, uh, you know, Difference from year one to year two is that we had so many seniors. I think I might have said it last year in a press conference. We had we had like three seniors on the second team. Our first year, you know, Joey Gilbert was the one guy who decided to, to to graduate and move on. Uh, Adagio was another one. Uh, Brunhard, um I think, and and Chris Hughes. Mm-hmm. You know, so. We didn't lose, we lost Malik Clark, okay, but, so there's five seniors, or five guys that left the program, four of them didn't start. So, on the on the surface, yeah, you have these guys coming back, you need to replace a left guard, you find Dominic Pooney, okay, but it was that next one when we got in the fall camp, that we kind of were still searching, Um, and, you know, Dre Deer on mm-hmm. joined, but, I mean, Kobe Baines was, I think, a, a really good late addition. And you're probably asking another one in the offensive line. I'm excited to see where he goes because he brings he brings some nastiness and, and, a, and a sense of physicality um, to us as well. Um, and, of course, Big Spencer will be another one that's played some games at the Pac-12 level and and has started games, and, and, and I think – start putting that with a couple of the younger guys in there, I think we're gonna be in a lot better position to mix and match when when maybe injuries occur or something mm-hmm. and create competition and depth along the way. You mentioned, we talk talked about recruiting
0: and all of that, obviously I work for a company that does that, the rankings and things. I remember reading something in The Athletic, two years ago maybe, it did like the re-ranking of recruiting classes. and. I don't know if you saw it but your buffalo class i can't remember the year but basically outperformed everything every metric that rated it what's the key to making your players or getting your players in a position where they can outperform what you know experts perceive as maybe their potential
1: focusing on the process of daily improvement you know we don't you know you know everybody has dreams and aspirations but how are you going to get there when you can't get there your freshman year, you know, thinking where are you gonna be your senior year? You have to work on being better today than you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. We really try to emphasize that in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, I, I was talking to somebody like that too, it's like, you know, I don't know if there's like five or six guys off one of those classes that end up in the NFL for a max school, that's pretty good. And that's where you don't know. And, and again, that's where, you, you know, we, we like to, oh yeah, we knew that the whole time, but you know, that's not, that's not true either. But I think there are some guys that, um, when when you get a group and you get a special group of guys that gel a little bit too and um, love the game, Mm -hmm. love love what it takes to do it all. I I think as well. Um, But there were some things there. I, and and that's the balancing act in today's college football world because as a staff and a program that probably prided itself on being a developmental program, you don't know what that means anymore in today's portal world. Who are you developing them for? How fast is that is and what is the time? And uh, so so meshing all worlds um, is, is, is unique. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about out, out here
0: in the stadium and the facility and everything. Travis Goff in October before college game day was here, talked about the facility and everything. And I think he said, you'd be able to have input if you'd like, yeah. just, I guess in the complex here, what are some of the things that you're looking for and excited to, to add when the construction begins?
1: Now well, we're going to you know give it a facelift in many different ways. And, and most importantly, what touches the players on a daily basis Um revamping the locker room, revamping the weight room, um, improving our our training facility, those will be in run our meeting rooms. Um, you know, and again when the when the time is coming and I believe it's coming soon where you know Travis and and Chancellor Drive will make more announcement about what'll what'll be added in, in facilities as well. And I think you know putting those together is gonna put us a lot more in the game than we have been mm-hmm. and um and if we can keep stacking a few of these things together just like we ask our players for daily improvement you know i have to challenge myself our staff and honestly administration that we're matching that same that same thing for daily improvement for our players and our program and one more for me early
0: enrollees have you guys been having last year for at the high school level at least, yeah. what do you look for from, the, from those you know, guys that are I, 17, 18?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, first of all, I don't, you know, I see some schools bring in a lot. I, I say, first of all, it's a family decision. As a parent, I don't know if if I'm ready or want, you know, my 17-year-old to, to, to grow up any faster than you want him to sometimes. Sometimes in life we're so much in a hurry to get there. And uh, so, my first thing is when they—if I ever get asked the question—is that's a family decision. If you think you can do it, and you—the and other part is I try to ask the family, do you think your son's mature enough? And uh, because there are some things, obviously, we have expectations and being a morning practice team and morning expectations. Hopefully, we help provide structure. But as we all know, that leaving home for college is is. Uh, a big a big step in freedom and Mm -hmm. personal choice and uh, so that that's one thing um I don't have a high bar honestly for what I see uh, other than work ethic and ability to improve Uh, that might be retaining information or production Mm -hmm. I think the nice thing about it is we rarely practice two days in a row. So there's a great time for a body recovery, but also mental recovery or a chance to learn at a slower pace than when you come in August and it really keeps stacking more and more information. Where I really evaluated for the early enrollees is how are they the first couple weeks in spring? That's where you see if it worked itself, if it was a benefit because they should be ahead of the game. They should be a little bit more relaxed. They're almost like a sophomore in some ways, you know, because they've been through it and you can see that. And then hopefully the ones that are leaders are gonna help those newcomers that came in June and help guide them through those, those bumpy times. Perfect. Well, that's what I
0: got. Oh, one more. I can't leave without asking a recruiting question. The 2024 recruiting class, um, obviously two commits already. Like, you yeah, know, too like, yeah. no uh, yeah. just holistically I guess the 2024 class when you talk to them about the program facilities things mm-hmm. like that I guess what's kind of just your message
1: well um it's different now you know you, you know first of all we you know we started recruiting in may and we had no idea what we had where we're going what we're playing against all that you're you know it was almost like division three recruiting where you're just kind of trying to sell the school and opportunities and hope and and you know that last year is a little different but yet we had you know with that, the two-week season the, you can see some things trending um you can see that uh interest is is better um, um in this early stages i think we've done a lot better job of identifying through this and and processing of where we're at and what we need um, the fluidness of the portal though always kind of keeps it are you taking one at this position? If you're taking a player at this position, is it need to be a younger player, older player based on your roster? If you have attrition, what year was the player that left? Where does the, where do you plug it in to keep balance? And uh, all those things. But I, I do find that, you know, we've, we talk about this being a program on the rise and our future is bright. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think as we continue and You know, a question or two ago about our facilities, and they they continue to see, and I think people that are following college football and and following the Big 12 conference, I I think they see that uh, the University of Kansas has a different appreciation and commitment to football than it ever has before. And I think it's going to continue to show itself. And I think that we'll continue to be able to recruit at a good level because of that perfect. I think it's a great way to end it. Thanks so much for doing this. All right. Thank you.